cook. He switched on his cell phone and called the sheriff's office in Thalia, a hamlet four miles away. Soon lights from two police cars were flashing on the road toward the fires. I wonder if the meth cookers have figured out that we're the snitches, Bobby Lee said. Boyd shrugged. They had both been equipped with powerful rifles, a bullet from which would reduce a meth dealer to a very small smudge. You're not much for talking pussy, I guess, Bobby Lee said as they prepared to climb down from their observation post to go in search of breakfast. I like to think I'm still a cowboy, Boyd told them. Cowboys don't talk about it much. You can't be worrying about your dick if you're working cattle and trying to work them right. Bobby Lee was undiscouraged. I guess you heard I went so far as to have a penile implant, Bobby volunteered. It was a subject he found himself unable to quit talking about, even when his listeners would rather not hear any more about the matter. Of course, Boyd did know about Bobby's implant, but he didn't want to enter into conversation about it. He also knew that Bobby had only one testicle, having lost the other to cancer some years ago. He climbed down from the platform and walked over to his pickup, which was not new. Bobby Lee, however, proved hard to shake. People like me, sex addicts, I guess you'd say, need support groups, he said. I doubt I can scrape up much of one in this miserable place, though. Boyd Cotton's only response was to lean against his pickup and have a smoke. Chapter Two The Rhino Rangers, as Boyd and Bobby were encouraged to call themselves, were not supposed to leave their observation site until the next shift of Rhino Rangers were in place. The next shift, in this case, consisted of the Hartman twins, Bub and Dub, late-nighters who were prone to oversleeping. Bub and Dub were called the Hartman twins because they had been delivered by their mother and one of her boyfriends during a particularly popular episode of the almost forgotten sitcom Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Since their unorthodox birth, Bub and Dub had distinguished themselves mainly by growing, tipping the scale at a robust 260 pounds apiece. Very little of that's brain matter, Bobby Lee had been heard to say in a caustic tone. Sure enough, when Boyd Cotton called the twins, they were sound asleep. But Boyd Cotton's voice had a way of bringing the most comatose sleeper awake. Not more than six or seven minutes later, the twins came bouncing over the big cattle guard. Their Rhino Ranger T-shirts were not tucked in, but they scurried up the ladder to the observation post with surprising quickness, given their weight. I'm told rhinos can move fast, too, when they want to, Bobby Lee said. He was tired of trying to make conversation with the mostly unsociable Boyd Cotton, but unless he wanted to stand around being silent, he had little choice but to try. When do you reckon we'll get to meet the boss lady, he asked, as the two of them got into the heavily reinforced Range Rover they had been assigned, and headed north for breakfast, their destination being a nearby crossroads deli run by Mike and Tommy, two hard-working Sri Lankans who had made a go of their unpromising enterprise, the Asia Wonder Deli, where they served tasty fresh spring rolls, crab, and barbecued pork to grateful oilfield hands who had previously to make do with microwaved burritos. Our boss lady is supposed to be a billionaires, Boyd reminded him. People with that much money are hard to predict. Hell, I'd be hard to predict if I had that much money. You're hard to predict anyway, Boyd, and your damn pickup's ten years old, Bobby Lee mentioned. Since their shift was over, Boyd felt no obligation to make conversation with Bobby Lee, especially not before breakfast, which he always looked forward to. 
The boss lady Bobby Lee had referred to was a South Texas heiress named K.K. Slater. She was 6'2", 52 years old, preferred to dress as a cowboy, and flew her own planes, which included a Cessna and three helicopters. It was said that she brooked no opposition and suffered fools not at all. She had been brought up in the feudal manner on a very large ranch and was thought to have the habit of command. So far, her only visit to the range she hoped to fill with black rhinos was a quick flyover in her Cessna, on which occasion she came solo. As they approached the Asia Wonder Delhi, Boyd Cotton's mood improved. Bobby Lee often exasperated him, but then most people exasperated him, the likely effect of too many years batching, he supposed. As usual, the Asia Wonder Delhi was practically surrounded by muddy pickups.